When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. The podcast that's proud to get in the way of relationships. This week on Heart and Hand, finally, the live show comes to the pod. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name is David Hedgar. I am your host and I'm joined this week by a pretty average guest and a very special guest. So we'll start off with a pretty average one. Yes, it's Mr Scott Vandenacker. More. He, look, you can't hurt me, okay? I can. I've been reading my... No, I, I, I can. I've, I've no, done it. Can, I've, no, proved, I've, been, I've proven it quite often. I've been reading my self-help books. I can only be belittled if I let myself be belittled, mate. Well, then you do. Yeah, I must do then, yeah. Yeah, isn't why you come on here. That's true, some, yeah. Some people pay for this, you know, whereas yeah. you just let me do it to you for free. But the special guest um, is, we at, we had the live show at uh, the Loudoun Tavern last month, and you'll hear clips from that at the end of the show, so stay tight after the, after the end and you'll hear uh, a selection of clips from the live show. And uh, during the live show, we ran a competition and people could bid for a place on the pod. Drunk people. Drunk people. I wasn't stupid. I wasn't doing it when they were sober. And the winner of that, um, with a, with a, I think, a, a kind of relationship-ending bid, was Stephen Sharp. Stephen, hello. Hi there. Um, Stephen, is it true your wife-to-be didn't know that you had spunk to fortune to talk to two dickheads and have it recorded? Yes, that's correct. How did did you mention it to her, or is one of your mates going to play this to her when you're pissed at two in the morning one night? <laughs> no, I, I did mention it to her, and, and surprisingly, she took it quite well, which is unusual for her. So um, that went that went okay. Did um, you have to cancel the flowers for the wedding then, and just say right, right instead of that, now I'll just pick some daffodils up for the local graveyard? Aye, well, there's a couple of my mates that are no longer getting an invite just to make up for it, so um, <laughs> that's all right. I know that good anyway. So. That's it. Save four or five dinners. Exactly. Um, well, fantastic. Uh, good to have you on board, Stephen. Obviously, a man of taste. The fact that A supports Rangers and B he listens to this podcast. So let's start uh, Saturday. 
Uh, we had a I think a stupidly early kickoff um for what was probably a dead rubber, but you know, given given the circumstances of both both where we are and where hearts are, I think that it it became almost more more important and I think both clubs were looking to take quite a bit out of it. Now we we I thought started really, really well um and played would it be fair to say maybe as well in the first half hour as we had played for, for a few weeks, or certainly pre-Celtic, scored a goal, got uh, got the red card, which was another good bit of play from us leading to that. But then the, the 10 men, them got that 10 men seemed to galvanise them more than us. And in the second half, it wasn't it wasn't great, was it, Scott? It was not. Um, we'll start with the good, the bad, the indifferent and the ugly, I think. Um, the good thing was I went to the game with producer Robbie, and that's always nice. The bad was I get soaked going to the pub after the game, and so soaked that I leaned against the I was leaning against the sort of wall in the pub, and all the varnish and the wood came off in my jumper. But, so what, that was the bad. What kind of rain were you were you under? It was just our and just were squelching in our boots. Um, so uh, the the indifferent though was the second half. Yeah. And guys, I'll need your help. I need Steve Stevens' insight into this. What was going on in the midfield? What, what was that? And we'll talk about this later, folks. There's a big in Rangers land. There's a huge argument, which is two different sort of ped, sides to it about Pedro. And I have to admit that if the second half was a planned tactic from the Pedro playbook. Then I am petrified. I, I, I will. I will say uh, that it didn't look like it, judging by his reaction on the sidelines. Stephen, what were your thoughts on the match, but uh, particularly what happened after the red card? Um, I think going back to what you said at the start, I mean, the first half hour it reminded me of the, the first game Pedro had when beat Hamilton 4 0. Yeah. Um, it was just really, it was not only the slow passing that Warburton had, it was direct, getting up front quite quickly, but under control, and it, it was great to watch. And then it just, I just like they gave up. They thought, fuck, that's fine, going on holidays now. I thought and that then, when the, after the red card, I thought Hearts dug in in a way that they hadn't done. It was almost like they had nothing to lose then. And the Rangers players seemed to think, we're one up and they're out of ten men, this is done. I annoyingly, I mean, usually when you can see the goal at home, there's like a five minute like lull, but they, they hit back right away and it, it was great to see the attitude with that and then it was just they thought oh, this will be easy, it'll be four or five here. But you want to see the ruthlessness the like just the, go and take them stamp on the neck and just win the game. But We we don't just, do that. No, we yeah. don't. It's and it's it's it, not nice. It's frustrating <laughs> and it, it's it's cost as many points this season. Um Scott one of the things that I, I I started to notice watching the game was it really dawned on me. It has before, and we've talked about it on this show, and I'm sure it's just both you guys have picked up on this in the, in the past, but it really hit me on Saturday where I thought, we actually don't have a midfield. And then when you look at it, of course we don't. Because we've got Jason Holt, who was previously an attacking midfielder, now converting, I wouldn't say converted, converting to a more defensive role. We've got Josh Windass, who I... Always thought was a guy we'd sign to play off the striker, who now seems to be a midfielder. And then we had John Terrell, who who is a midfielder. But the three of them combined don't make up a traditional, what we would term a midfield. And we really struggled because positionally we were all over the shop and we just had no answer when they went wide. Uh, I think uh, Jason Holt had a lot of energy, but he ha- he didn't have any control of the football. Um, and he, he didn't actually do anything apart from expend energy. 
John Terrell looked like he was already on holiday. Simply not interested either way. I was surprised to see him. I thought we'd seen the last of him, to be honest. Yeah, he doesn't look interested. Windass, now, have you seen the Puss in Boots film? The spin-off, the Disney film? I think it's Pixar. I well, can't claim when... to, and I will forgive you for this, because you do have two young daughters. Yes. Um, well, there's a bit when he goes into his pub, and he's like, I will not be put off my quest. And then someone shines a torch over, and he goes, ooh, shiny lights. <laughs> and and uh, that's what Josh Windass is like. You can tell. He's like, I've got to mark that guy. Got to mark that guy. Oh, look at that. That's amazing over there. <laughs> and, and the guy's away and scored a goal. He pays no attention, none no. to the game unfolding. Because in his defence, um, before he starts getting labelled pussy and boots after that demonstration by you, I I don't think he ever up to this season has had to, to think in that way. I don't think he's ever been played in that way. And you're right, because I don't think it's a case of him saying... I'm too good to track back. I really don't believe that. It's just he doesn't, you know, Stephen, he, he just doesn't have a clue that he's supposed to. And as Scott says, it's like he remembers occasionally and, and a light goes on and he goes, shit, I should be back there. He's a strange one because sometimes you see him and he's, he's looks like he's got a good touch and he's always trying to do the right things. And then other times when you just think, have you ever seen a football before? Yeah. I mean, I know he grew up watching his dad play with Aberdeen, but Christ, he's taken a bit far. I mean, it's just <laughs> the thing that worries me about Dean Windass is that he, he appears to have got his mother's looks and his dad's brains, <laughs> which is I, not, not the combo I think you would have been after. No, um, he's he's a worry because I thought I remember the first game against Motherwell that he played. Yeah, um, when he came on, he looked great, and then I think he scored in his next game, his first start, and you're thinking oh, this guy's going to be great. We were getting slagged for buying him from Accrington, and he's going to be. A snip, and then now he looks every inch an Atkinson in player. To yeah, be honest, and that's probably where he'll end up next year. He hasn't kicked on at all. I think that's fair no. to say. Um, and, and on Scott's point about John Terrell, um, I I think there's talent there. But then I, I'm sure I'm not the first person to say that. There's a reason he signed for Arsenal, and there's a reason he's been on loan at umpteen different clubs. There clearly is talent there. The problem is it it seems to be difficult for people to get it out and to get it out consistently. It must be very specific because he just doesn't do the defensive side. And I'm assuming that in Spain, there must have been maybe a 4-2-3-1 and maybe the screen was provided and he wasn't asked to because he simply does not do any work. All he does is get the ball. He sometimes tries to keep the ball moving and go forward, but defensively there's no part to his game and he doesn't look as if he understands that. And I'm assuming he's brought through in a system where you don't do box-to-box, you don't do a bit of everything. And I think it's alien to him. I can't see how he's ever done that successfully or played in La Liga. I, I just can't see how. He must be in a system where that's not required. Stephen? What um, amazes me about Terrell is uh, modern football has got to a point where everything's done quickly and he's just got no pace about him at all. Yeah, I um, How he can sit in that holding role yet cover the ground to make make up for make cover the space and make sure the and, and intercept passes and that. He just doesn't have that yard and why Arsenal are still persisting in the Premier League he'll never be I mean he's got ability he's got good touch and he's got a good pass but he's just never going to be able to cut it at that higher level he will never play in the EPL I agree he no. will never play no I, I think the thing with that position is that it's grown in importance or maybe it hasn't maybe it's always been there because I remember certainly when I you know one of the, the earliest teams that I can remember really rating was Everton in the mid 80s and they had Peter Reid who would play that position but, yeah I mean he had a monkey he'd though he did, but uh, swore a lot as well. But but you know it wasn't a glamorous role, and I think as football has become more, as people have got more into the tactical side of the game over the years, probably is the the right description. That it's become a, a role where the importance has been recognised, and I hate 
kind of idiotic comments like it's a trendy position it's not a trendy position it's it's just one that people maybe are looking at in a bit more depth now and I think that what maybe sometimes gets forgotten is that you need to be super fit to play it and to, to Stephen's point there I mean it's not just the the old sitting in front of the back four thing anymore if you don't have that and you know the the best example obviously is Kante at Chelsea now you know he's clearly exceptional at what he does but the ground that he covers is, is immense. Matic at Chelsea is another one. He's not as good a player, but he covers a lot of ground in that role. If you don't have that ability, that that endless stamina, then your positional sense has to be absolutely 100%. And he has neither. Yeah, I think the other thing is Pedro seems to be... He doesn't play... I mean, Warburton tried to play Halliday in that role, but Pedro doesn't seem to play anyone. He wants all midfielders to be a bit of everything, as you alluded to, David. And I don't think the modern game that's easy. Unless you are Kante, I don't think I don't think Holt's got the talent and I don't think the other two have got the stamina or the brain to track back that way, to watch runs all the time, but also be willing to break forward. And that midfield three have been asked to do box-to-box, if you like, shuttle, shuttling, and I don't think that's working at all, not even in the slightest. No. To move to positive things, because it's easy to sit here and carp, and considering we won the game and there's been plenty of times this season that we haven't, I want to pick out a few positives. Firstly, I thought that that was the best I'd seen from Joe Garner for for a long time. Uh, I thought we played to his strength, and he got a goal, he looked sharp, he won a lot. I mean, it was his header on for what led to the red card with Windass when he's he's, uh, not only won the header, but he's played it really in a dangerous area, and we've had the runner. And it seems to be something Pedro's alluded to this week that we he's maybe been playing in a side that hasn't played to his his strength this season. And um, start off with Stephen, then move to Scott. What do you think? I mean, does Garner have a future here, or is this just end the season kick about? He's happened to have a good game in. It's a, it's a hard one with Garner because I think it really depends on how we want to play next season. If we're going to be more direct and get a lot of crosses into the box, he's shown the last two games. Two great balls in for Miller and the headers were one of the easy ones either, and he's put them away brilliantly. So, if that's a route that we're going to go down next year, I think Joe Garner definitely got a future because if a cross comes in and it's him or Waghorn on the end, of it, I know who I'd rather have well, fr- going for it. Frankly, um, at the moment, if it's a cross coming into the box and it's um, Waghorn or me, then I'd, I'd, I'd have more money on me, and I shut my eyes when I go to head a ball and hope it doesn't hit my beautiful face, Scott. Um, I don't rate him, as people know. Um, I thought he was okay on Saturday, but the problem is if you go into a season in the SPL and your one idea is to get the ball wide and sling over crosses, teams will work that out after about well, five seconds. To be fair, the Aberdeen are second, and that is literally all they do. Well, maybe, but I don't, I don't think he's got the touch ability to lead the line, and you wouldn't really have a plan B. You would simply be slinging the ball over, and maybe, but I think you've got to be looking at better. I mean, all of our strikers, to be honest, apart from Kenny Miller, who's not even a striker anymore, I would get rid of of all of them. I don't. I I wouldn't miss him if he went. No. I don't know. I I I'm with Stephen on this. I'm torn. I I don't know. Um, I think there are things he can do well that are useful weapons to have. I agree. He might not necessarily be the guy who's going to be a main striker, but I agree that there's things there that he does that other people in the squad don't do. He can be more physical, he can win headers. It depends. I mean, what I would say is if we were bringing in Naismith, 
you know, God forbid, and we'll talk about this. But if we were to bring in Naismith, Naismith is a much better version of Garner. Naismith can do that. He can win balls near that, that you're not expecting. So that might that might change the, di- uh, the, the dynamic there. Other positives I felt, and uh, you guys can agree or disagree with me, but you know the wisdom of that. See, uh, you're new around here, Stephen. Scott knows the wisdom. If you disagree and you make a point too sensibly, I just cut it out. Fair enough. So it's, it's better just to, to run with it, isn't it, Scott? And also, Stephen, sometimes say... Oh, I agree with every word you just said there, Davey. It, it just helps. Just do it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. It's uh, mu- you're much more likely to find yourself in the show, really. Otherwise, you you might get to you, you've done this and you thought it was great. You know, the lads let me chat away, and it comes to the actual finished. You know, you you download onto your phone and you're in it for about two minutes. <laughs> um, so I don't want that to have to happen to you. So so Scott's right. A bit of sycophancy will not do you any harm. But uh, I thought the two uh, players I want to pick out. I thought that for me the man of match was David Bates, who I, I thought didn't put a foot wrong the whole game. And the other one I want to mention is Clint Hill, who was told that week that he was finished and went out and had a great game because he's a pro. And there was none of this kind of huffiness, none of this, well, I'm not going to bother my arse. He went out and he wasn't trying to prove a point or anything. He just went out and he's a professional football player and he gave everything he could. And what a great attitude that that guy has. Yeah, I'll add Kenny Miller to the list. Um, great cross for the goal. He ended up midfield because, of course, Pedro went to Huff and took all the midfielders off. And he played as well as could be expected. He's covering every blade of grass. He's actually playing more minutes than anybody thought. And like Clint Hill, he's a professional who, who will play where he's asked. He doesn't shout at the bench. He doesn't moan. He doesn't pull faces. He doesn't throw his jersey down when he's substituted. I think Bates, Hill and Miller came out of the game with some credit. I thought Tav wasn't as bad as he can be. Oh, no, I don't. Well, I thought the second half Tavernier was well, atrocious, but we'll, we'll come to that in a sec. And uh, um, I thought the goalkeeper... Did yeah, the goalkeeper, okay for us. Go- goalkeeper was, was good. Stephen? I, I would I would agree with the three players you've picked out there. I think um, it's the best base he's played for us. Um, not just as much he's defending, but on the ball, he was wanting it a lot more. He was His passes were a lot more into feet rather than just kick diagonals up the park. It was, it was a lot better. It was good to see because, I mean, he's had a bit of a hard time Um but he's, he's done well. I mean, he's not been at fault. I mean, folks said the Partick Thistle goal last week, but I don't really think that was much no, his fault. No, I think that, um, that would be harsh. And I think it's maybe just the, the media usually just want to have a go at somebody just for being a Rangers player. But um, I thought he'd done pretty well. And Saturday was Saturday was excellent. I thought we um, we saw the next stage of his development on Saturday because he looked nervous in his opening games. Understandably so. And I, I was, Scott and I have discussed that we were very disappointed that people kind of picked on him for that. The most natural thing in the world, any youngster at any club making the first team debut, he looked nervous. But Saturday he looked more assured and it was more like, I'm not a young boy, you know, trying to get in the team now. Mm-hmm. It was more, I'm a first team player trying to keep my place. And I thought yeah. that his body language and the way he played the game, the way he carried himself, there was that maturity. And I thought, great, you know, because that shows that there's another level you can go to. It shows you that maybe the suspicions that it was nerves were probably true. That it's not a case of that's just the way yeah. he plays. It's a case of that he was nervous. And now that he's settling, he looks as though he may be a player. And that I'll, ins- I'll tell you one thing though, David. See when the Hong Kong consortium take over. Yes, he is going to benefit from Chiellini playing next to him more than anyone. Well, that's it. Well, Davy Bates got a game if Benucci signs as well. But you know, well, who who knows? We'll I'll give it that next. Week. We'll argue that later in the summer. Yeah. Can we can we just kind of put all this to bed actually just now for some of our listeners because um, some of them will be sitting there going, oh, "I've heard rumours of investment." And you will have heard rumours of investment from David Murray, Jim McCall, Hong Kong, 
and I don't know, probably Russia. If we were to get all all the money from these from these so called rumours of investment, if they were all to be true, we would be able to buy UEFA yes. and award ourselves the games. So maybe just you know treat everything with a pinch of salt. The fact is, is that investment is a real. T- a Red Bull was another one. Investment's a tough thing because Rangers can't issue shares at the moment. So, what are they going to invest? How are they going to invest other than just give the club money? So, well, they could just give the club money. Well, that they could just plan. give the club money. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm for that. Yeah, but that was my plan. Yeah, David Murray certainly should be if he's got yes. money. He, he owes us quite a bit. But uh, yeah, so I think that 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 does need <laughs> that maybe just that train needs slowed down a little and don't get too excited about something like that. Proceed on the assumption that we're not going to get a huge influx of cash from outsiders is probably the advice. Yes. Think guys from Aberdeen rather than guys from Serie A La Liga mm-hmm. and hold hold that thought in your mind. Yeah. And then if I'm wrong, you can be pleasantly surprised. Exactly. See, that that's it, it's better for mind and body. We're very homeopathic on this show. Oh, sorry, what? Uh, you, well, no, the the good one. Oh, not homoerotic, right? Sorry, mm, we've got got an element of that as well. Yeah, um, Stephen Scott there mentioned Tavernier. I I must admit, I thought particular. I thought he was decent first half, but I thought second half he was absolutely abysmal. I, it was two moments second half that I think I was I could have swung from. Um, there was one where he tried to back heel the ball. Yes. To the keeper, and I thought, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, and where's where's saved his arse, didn't he? Aye. And then there was other one where he got the ball and it got put under a wee bit of pressure, um, maybe about 25 yards for on goal. But rather than just looking up the line and clearing your lines, he cut inside, got dispossessed and Hearts nearly went through. I think Fosring had to come out and, and cut it out. But I thought, you've, surely you've learned by now, but every week you, you find out he hasn't. Uh, no. I thought he'd had a good game up until he'd done that back heel and then for whatever reason he just just went and it was it was poor for that point on, I thought. I, I think there's a player there and we said this last week Scott I mean I, I do think he has it, it was his drive and run that led to the goal against Partey and again he starts the move brilliant ball from Kenny Miller but he starts the move and he can be such an offensive weapon but defensively it can be a weapon of a different sort I mean it's one of these things that you read about on websites and, and Rangers land what would X player be like with better players around him and that's always said about Tav. Like, and my dad, uh, sorry, Robbie, producer Robbie said this on Saturday. He said, "Imagine you had guys like Tav, but the back door was a bit more secure. Like, it wasn't kamikaze to go forward because the team opposition wouldn't automatically score every time they get the ball off you. Like, would he be better and thrive if if we we're a bit tighter at the back and a bit less shit? And maybe that's a point. Maybe it looks worse because we concede a lot of goals." And maybe that's why the fullbacks making mistakes is more exposed than a lot of teams because it tends to lead to something calamitous. I, I, there's a talent there, there's a skill there. But you look at the, the teams that use fullbacks most defensively at the moment, like Juventus, uh, the back door sealed, there's no danger. They go forward and lose the ball, nothing happens. And maybe Tav needs that kind of security, even a defensive midfield screen. Because the, the way we play, the way Warburton played, it exposes every mistake. And maybe it's exacerbated more because of that. Stephen? I would agree. I mean, I think um, when we're looking at who's going to come in next summer, I don't think fullbacks are an area we really need to worry about too much. If you've got two good centre halves in there, um, 
And you're right about the defensive midfielder. We need at least one, maybe two players in there. You could just let Tav and, and Wallace just to go, and it would it would mean that we've got so much more going forward as well. And, and you're right, Tav, when he does get in the final third, um, his delivery at times isn't brilliant, but he runs at people. I mean, last season, how many free kicks and penalties did he win us? Yeah. Um, and I think that there definitely is a player there, but we just need to to give him a bit of help because at times he's been exposed badly and he can't really defend. Well, it was something that we were going to... I was going to talk briefly about the Aberdeen game, but we'll, we will come back to that. Um, the reason that we're only going to talk about it briefly is the fact that by the time a lot of you come to listen to this, the game will have been, so there's not really any point in us sitting and analysing it in depth, but I know that the guys want to chat a little bit about this, uh, as the papers would have it, spat between Pedro and uh, Derek McInnes. So, so we will come back to it. But jumping because it fits... Some of the players we've been linked with, and the reason that I mention it now is with James Tavernier, one of the players that we were linked with was, holy fucking Christ, Stephen Whitaker. Um, now Scott, I, refuse to, I refuse to discuss that. Scott, you've sat with me no, in I Ibrox when I've been so angry. by, And I'm a relatively calm guy at the games because I'm sober. Um, and he used to get me... So, Pre-admin, he used to get me so angry that I couldn't speak. And that one takes a David, lot. David stood up one time and basically frothed. He did. He tried to speak and he actually dribbled. The, the, wor- the words just caught in my throat because it just, I was so... I didn't like Stephen Whitaker back then. And I think he was helped a lot by the fact that he did have a good defence round him. And yes, he could go forward and score a goal. My argument, and Stephen, you might have a different view on this, but my argument is... Why would you sign an older, shitter version of Whitaker when we have Tavernier, who has pretty much the same qualities and pretty much the same flaws, but is younger and has a resale value? And he didn't do that press conference. And he didn't um, do that press conference. Yeah. So, See, I, 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 could, I could not sign Stephen Whitaker for purely football reasons, but you throw that one into the mix and you've got yourself a fucking deal. I mean, Whitaker, one of my friends used to say about Whitaker, He's great going forward. And I used to ask him, is he though? I mean, I, he did score a, lot, a few goals. I mean, everybody didn't. The Lisbon goal was great. And he did have that one season where I think he got into double figures. Um, but but the fact that Kurt Broadfoot was genuine competition for him as a fullback, I think, says quite a lot. Um, he, he wasn't the greatest. He's 32, 33 now or something like that. Yeah. And I, I just don't see the need to go and spend money on him when there's other areas in the team that are in need. And we've got a right back who can do as good, if not a better job than Whitaker. Uh, yeah, and before people start saying, are you really saying that Whitaker um, and Tavernier Tavernier's as good a player as Whitaker? No, I think at Stephen Whitaker's peak, then I would say Whitaker was a better player. Uh, as I say, he still had flaws, but I would say he was a better player. But it's not Stephen Whitaker at his peak. It's not Stephen Whitaker from five years ago, or six years ago. It's Stephen Whitaker now. And... Now he, uh, he he doesn't have the pace he once had. He's not as strong going forward. If you've seen him from Norwich, he struggles to get back. I mean, he was never great positionally. Um, and I find that one a lot loud. Now, other transfer targets. We, we discussed a few last week. Bruno Alves definitely is a name that, that isn't going away, but we, we kind of mentioned him last week. But leading us into the Aberdeen discussion is Ryan Jack. Now, there are a lot of rumours that the Ryan Jack deal is pretty much done. Those rumours were strengthened, I wouldn't say confirmed, but strengthened 
by Pedro Kishina talking very warmly of him in his press conference this week and by the news that Ryan Jack is injured and won't play again for the rest of the season for Aberdeen. The, certainly the talk in the Aberdeen fans' social media is that he's on his way and he's on his way to us. Uh, Scott, thoughts? Well, it's. I think you always have to have context and a lot of people are mourning us looking at SPL players, but he's a bear. And is he better? Is he a step up from Halliday, Windass, Hull? Yes, he is. Hmm. So, especially with no fee to pay, I think that's it's a great bit of business. What's possibly more exciting is the rumours that Kenny McLean might be joining them, who is a better player. And if we can pull that off, then I think that would be a, a good bit of business. And um, you have to look, Aberdeen this season are better than us. They reached two cup finals and finished second. Yeah, there's no and, argument. Anyone who's given it the argument, um, you can't. It's, it's, I, I hated, and you, you'll have been this, especially during nine in a row. Remember when Celtic used to say, well, we were the better team. You're not. We won the fucking league. Yes. That, at the end of the day, a league table does not lie. It never does. And yeah, Aberdeen can say we're a better team than you. Yeah, I would take Jack and McLean. Yes, I think we're interested in players like Bruno Alves, and it's all very exciting. But we have to bring quite a few players in, and they're not all going to be foreign, exciting, and cost money. And I think you have to start somewhere. And Ryan Jack is, if he's playing the Jason Holt role, for example, I think I think he'll be better at it than Jason. So yes, I would go for it. Stephen? I, I, I don't watch an awful lot of Aberdeen, so I don't know. Kenny McLean is a player, but when I've seen them play, I think if we could get him, I think that would be a good signing. Um, but you're right, I mean, if Ryan Jack is an improvement in Holt Halliday, then why not? Because it's not only strengthening us. I mean, Aberdeen, realistically next season, we're probably not going to compete with Celtic. So for a good 10, 15 points in front of Aberdeen, because we've took two of their good players, then why not? It's another reason to get the man great so that's always good for me yeah uh, and a lot of talk from people who felt that Pedro Cascina was disrespectful to Aberdeen by now remember we're disrespectful for everything you know our existence is considered disrespectful so I, I always uh, view the, <laughs> view any accusations of disrespect at Rangers with a John Destai now Scott, you had mentioned that you had a few things to say on this. The floor is yours. Okay, just before we came to record the pod, there was a panel on Scottish Football Extra, and they were from Tannadice. So you had an unbiased view. You had Michael Stewart, Chris Sutton and Neil Lennon. And talk turned to this uh, exchange with Pedro, and uh, unbelievably... I thought, sorry to interrupt, but... Talk turned to this. Why the fuck did it? Aren't because, you there to cover Hibs? Uh, sorry, Dundee United versus the uh, Falkirk. No, because they're trying to talk up, saying it was a grudge match now because Pedro Cusino had disrespected Derek McInnes and Aberdeen. To which they all replied, "Yeah, he certainly has." Then in turn, they all basically you'll never believe what they all said. They would. Do you know what Pedro is? Is he a funny he's foreigner? A, he's a funny foreigner who hasn't proved us at all. All he does is talk big. On the pitch, he's done nothing and can do nothing. Then, as a comedy aside, and I'm going to do this before Sport and Integrity to give people an early laugh, Neil Lennon said they'll finish second next year. They so, being us? No, they being Hibs. Hibs? Um, yeah, we'll finish second in the FPL. In the bookings table? No, the actual the league table. What, for football? It would seem that way, yes. Right, OK. Well, I'm not going to mock anyone with substance issues, so I've, I've been he, there. 
he's got a lot of mental health problems, and I think we should all just, you know, take a moment to think of Neil. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, we're not saying incidentally before anyone gets in their case uh, that uh, what I was suggesting was that anyone who thinks Hibbs finishing second next season must be on drugs. That was all. I'm not suggesting he was on drugs. Um, no, but you could think that. It wouldn't be true, but you could think it, certainly. I just think anyone that believes that's got to be immediately written off as a pish talker because, with all due respect, if we don't finish second next season, it'll be Aberdeen. Yeah. But basically what brought me round to it was the newspapers, the written media had decided that Pedro's a funny foreign clown. But this was BT Sport's first real chance to get in there. And yes, Pedro's a funny foreign clown. Derek McInnes is a genius who's been disrespected. And uh, it surely just grist at Aberdeen's mill to go and thrash us tomorrow night. And it's just, if you're not fed up with this enough, people, if you're not utterly sick of this already, then... I don't know the way the way it's going. It's so incredible. Nobody would get this kind of xenophobia. No club would have to take this this attack from all quarters all the time. And what annoys me more than anything is the club are doing nothing, zero about it, absolutely nothing. But uh, yeah, people have decided Pedro's a funny clown. He comes from abroad. He doesn't know anything, and he's about to get sacked because he's a clown. And there's now nowhere to escape from that television, printed media, fanzines, anything. And uh, I don't know what you think, Stephen. Yourself, what do you think about this approach? To has it gone overboard with Pedro? Is it now? Racism, xenophobia, or is it just hatred of Rangers? What do you think? I'll be honest, I think it's just the hatred of Rangers. Um, I don't think it would have mattered who we'd have brought in. Um, they were always going to find a way to, to pick holes in an appointment. I mean, the guys... The, whether the guys made mistakes, I don't think we, we'd argue with that, but he's got to get a chance in the, in the transfer window to bring his own players in. and Then we can judge him. If he's still making these mistakes in six months or, or further down the line, then... And yeah, you know, any stick that he gets is, is justified then. But I mean some of these guys criticise I mean, who did Sutton manage at Lincoln? Mm-hmm. And Neil Lennon, you know, got the Celtic job because he's a Celtic captain and fan. He got the Hibs job because he's a Celtic captain and fan and he got the Bolton job, <laughs> I don't know why, but they didn't they didn't keep him very long. Um, uh, yeah, so and, and he didn't, these guys to talk. Yeah, and he didn't get uh I think he expected and that there are various reasons. Well, I'm not gonna talk about rumours, but I think you know, if you, you live in the, the the West Scotland, you've heard them. But there are reasons that a guy who'd won titles in Scotland didn't get offered a bigger job in England. And you're right. Well, Michael, Michael Stewart, though, in fairness, can I say he did get the job he was after, which is being an annoying little cock that everyone hates. Yeah. He did get the job, so. Yeah, he, yeah I mean, he, he clearly has never got over being rejected by Rangers in 2004 no. uh, in that trial that he had. Uh, he should be on trial, but for different less football related reasons but um, yeah absolutely and I, I don't know I, I just think that listen we'll talk about it just now but I, I think that there are things with Pedro that flash up some warning signs right be honest uh, I think his substitutions have been quite worrying uh, I, I thought on Saturday substitutions made us worse I thought on Saturday when it was clear we were losing the midfield battle and he took off midfielders and put on attackers and we were basically left with the only two natural midfield players being Young, Barjonis and Holt. And that, to me, didn't work. It's not the first time he's made substitutions where I've thought, hmm, I'm not sure about this. So, yeah, the, there are grounds to say we're not too sure about this. But if you're being fair, then you have to say, well, they're not his players. The reason he's in there is because they had been underperforming very badly with the guy who'd bought them. 
That's how he got the job in the first place. And then I saw McInnes at his press conference say, you know, Kashina should talk about his own club. His job is to make uh, uh, is to to put Rangers ahead of Celtic. Well, how could he have done that this season, Derek? When he considering when he arrived, Celtic were a million points ahead. You know, that that wasn't his job. He's doing what he can. And if he keeps getting results to the end of the season, there's two more games to go. If he picks up results in them, he's done as well as he could. Stephen, can I ask you a question? Of course. Where do you stand in the group Great Rangers debate? And David, you can come in after. The two schools of thought seem to be from reading fanzines and Twitter and stuff that Pedro might actually at times be feeding on the lunatic, as David suggests, with the substitutions. I didn't given, say that. I just, I just said well, I maybe didn't understand yeah. them. Okay, I know. I'm Come on. Um, also, giving teams the ball to come at us and... You know the lack of any pressing, and the break and all this stuff. Or do you think the other school of thought is that he watched all the, the Warburton? Remember when he came, he said he watched the team play every game twice. He's watched all the DVDs. Do you think he decided that whatever Warburton was doing, they can't do that? So there's no point in replicating it. And is he trying all these slightly crazy systems and substitutions to see if there's anything that they can do, or is it just all a bit crazy anyway? What do you think? I think there's really high both. I mean, some of the subs on Saturday were absolutely mental. I mean, the one where Terrell was down and everybody could see he was blown. And then we take off Jason Holt and you're thinking, well, that's another sub wasted. Yeah. Because right away you knew that Terrell was never going to last another five minutes, never mind 25. And then you bring on Waghorn in the, the creative role. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> <laughs> just well, not it's... the player that you really want to be putting in there, is it? So that was... But What's he got to lose at this moment? So why not try new things? Why not try players in different positions, see what they can and can't do because he's got to find out are these guys worth taking forward next season and if they can't play in a certain position, try them somewhere else like he's done with Jason Holt. Um, I think all oh, Murray had done that before him but try Wagon off the striker because they certainly can't play up front so why not try him somewhere else? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'm not too angry about him doing it now um, just as long as he gets the answers he's looking for and he doesn't think that's a, a long-term solution. I would say in Pedro's... I hate to even say in, in Pedro's defence because we shouldn't be talking about it. Not, nobody sensible is judging Pedro Kishina now. And I think that's fair enough. You can have worries. I think that's perfectly valid. But I think that any rational understanding or look at it, you would say not his players, not great players anyway, and a lot of them quite clearly have chucked it. Uh, as soon as they, they've learned their future, a lot of them have chucked it. And I think that... In this instance, a fuller appreciation takes all those factors into account, takes into account that it, it's a difficult a difficult job for him. And he has deserves the opportunity to get his own players in and then to mould them. And his system that he thinks the players that, that he signed can play. And, you know, if you, you want to, as I, as I started off, if you, if you want to see what good things were, we've discovered Bates, who we hadn't seen. And I think Bates could be considered certainly cover for next season. Would that be fair? Yeah. Um, we've discovered uh, young Beerman, who I know had pretty torrid times in the, the old firm matches, but I think overall has shown a little bit uh, enough to suggest that he could be a player for us. Young Barjonis has now made a couple of appearances. Dodo's seen more action and you know has added a couple of goals. So, yeah, I think that... He is trying, I think he's experimenting and I, and I think he had 
the right to do it. The only, if he could have avoided such limp displays in the Scottish Cup matches, uh, the Scottish Cup and the Old Firm match, then I think the pressure from the Rangers support wouldn't be as big. I agree with Stephen that I think that it was going to be big regardless of whoever we picked from the media because that that was just that was what they were going to do. Unless it was one of their mates, then that's what they were going to do. They wanted Tommy Wright, didn't they? Or maybe Dale McInnes? Yeah, I, th- I think if it had been somebody Scottish they had a relationship with, you know, Alex McLeish even, I think you would have seen a completely different tone. I mean, from the people who hate us, you know, the types, then it would have, no matter who, we could have got Marcello Lippi and they would have, uh, they would have pointed out that he's got grey hair and is old. So it's, it's a difficult situation um, for Pedro because we are, you know, I hate the term, but it's probably accurate. Internet fans who, you know, talk about things on a, on a more involved level maybe and maybe dig a bit deeper into the, the actual mechanics of the game of football. But it is going to be very difficult for him because to the, to the rank and file supporter who do buy the record, who do listen to Clyde, they are being poisoned, you know. Every night, every day, they're getting this funny foreigner. Why have Rangers appointed him? He's a joke. And then things like the five one just reinforce that to them, and it becomes more difficult. Stephen, long term, what's your gut feeling on Pedro? And be honest. Uh, um, not good. If I'm being honest, I, I don't know. I mean. It is a hard one because, like you say, I mean, it's only a few games. Um, I think, I think when I'll be convinced is what type of players he targets, who does he go for, how does he do? Um, because if this was Warburton again, would be just buying attacking mids and strikers. He wouldn't be looking at defenders. If he targets that over the summer, I'll be, I'll be happy. Um, I, I, there's just something about him that I just don't know. I just, I just don't know if he's got. I mean, you look at how Murray changed the team. He had them hard to beat, hard to break down. Um, and it looked like we, we weren't really going to concede that much. Every time a corner happened on Saturday, we were going to concede, even when we were taking them. Um, it just didn't look like he had any plan on how to deal with that. But then you've got to take into account that's the players. I mean, these guys were never drilled in set pieces under Warburton. and they didn't know what to do. Um, so it's alien to them to do that. And, and let's be honest, like you've said, a lot of them are going to be leaving anyway, so what's the point in, in trying to teach them anything? Their new club can worry about that in the summer. Um, so hopefully it does well. I, I don't think any Rangers fan that wants them to fail is an idiot. I mean, they're mental, because what we want is a club to, to be winning. And if this guy can do it, then brilliant. And I'll give him all the time to um, prove, no me wrong, but the media wrong, and guys like Sutton and, and Lennon and that. And hopefully in a year's time, you know, they're shut up and... and we're at least second comfortably in the league and hopefully we have a trophy a trophy or he's certainly fa- back into Europe or something like that he's far too sensible Scott I'm quite surprised you've either got to back him for no reason at all or want him sacked now I, I just don't understand this middle ground <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make for good listening either no it was far too sensible and yeah. you know level headed and, and correct I say we kill him it's not really apologise it's not really what we do is it it's you know uh, we we swing outrageously from one side to the other week yes. to week, right? You know, nobody liked Mark Warburton more than us, and nobody wanted them sacked quicker. Exactly, and we reserve the right to change our mind just as quickly this time. Yeah, um, I'm I'm the same. Um, 
I have concerns, but I think that he has been appointed for a reason. I think that you need to back the people who made the decision and him until they give you a reason not to. And obviously, we can, this is the thing, we can't sack him anyway. It would be far too costly, never mind the, the embarrassment factor. So he's going to be here for a while and should be. And I think that we will see. And if he doesn't do a good job, then he'll be on his bike and we'll need to obviously then... I think uh, <laughs> Big Ek, put it like this, Big Ek's got the brown brogues dusted down just in case. Yeah, I think the word, um, Murty's also not quite hung up his brogues yet either. The word caretaker manager are, are floating in the background. But we'll see. Um, I'm the same as you guys. I've got some doubts. A good friend of ours who, who posts on Mark's website, who David and I know, he's convinced that a lot of this is actually what we might see. He, he's not convinced it's all a masterstroke. And he sent me an email about, do you remember after the Aberdeen game? Yes. When Pedro was like, brilliant, we brought them on to us, we let them with 50 shots and goal, and then, like, you know, we basically counter-struck in the last five minutes, and he was saying it's utter horseshit. It was completely luck, uh, rather than judgement. So already some people are thinking that a lot of this is just scary, actual, as Pedro believes this stuff. I'm in the middle. I, there's, I think, let him bring in some defenders, let him get people that can tackle, let's be harder to beat, and let's see where that takes us in a league like this, which is very physical. And we can judge him on that. If if he gets the right type of players, let's see how they play. Yeah, well, I, th- I think that's sensible. Before we move uh, with uh, due fear and uh, trepidation into the, the Sporting Integrity Awards, Scott, I do want to bring up one point, and I'd, I'd mentioned this on Saturday, and you know, most sensible people agreed with me, but a few fools didn't. The second goal, or sorry, the, the, the second goal in the match, the Hearts goal, Josh Windass's fucking dummy. And people are saying, well, you can't blame him, it's 90 yards from our goal. Yes, I can. Because a dummy should happen when it takes out opposition and allows a chance. If you do it on the edge of the opposition box, when they're, at best it will take out your man and no one else because of the angle and where you are in the pace of the ball. And behind you, are four players in a line facing our goal ready to break. It's a stupid move. He's the kind of guy who sometimes you think his Alice band is just too tight. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that probably sums it up. OK then, Stephen, you have paid your money. You've been a very good guest. And uh, if I was a better man, I would let you go at this point. But if I need to suffer it, you need to suffer it as well. Yes, it's the Sporting Integrity Award. This morning, Integrity Awards is when we look around the world of sport and, well, football and see who's made the biggest dick of themselves over the past seven days. It's named in honour of Sporting Integrity, that concept which is brought out whenever Rangers need to be punished in some fashion. Scott? Yes. This is probably going to be the least popular delivery of the week, verbally, since Stephen told his uh, fiancé about the... Yeah, <laughs> with the money he expected to do About this. the fund, about the fund, yeah. Um, I'll start actually not with football I just want to bring home the dangers of modern technology David because I know that you and your good wife Sally are huge fans of technology yes and in fact we probably like to live on a orbiting space vessel further away um, the better mate or as long as it was only you two on it though yeah yeah. <laughs> right. um, and it was a young gentleman I think he was young I had no idea but a gentleman had a fancy Dan car in Northern Ireland have you heard the story no he had an extremely fancy new car right 
and obviously some of the features were set, and he obviously didn't know this, but one of the features the Fancy Dan car did was send a Wi-Fi message to the emergency services if it crashed. Okay. The sensors would ping, it was in a crash, and it would send a warning. So this guy was drunk driving, yeah. pranged his car, and while sitting there thinking, how will I escape, his car contacted the police. <laughs> who came and breathalyzed him and did him. So I think we all have to watch for, for the, the technology amongst us, these robots, they live among us now. So basically uh, his car's a grass. His car grassed him off. Yeah. Dreadful. Poor guy. Poor guy. It's, it's unbelievable. You know who's, you know who's uh, from, from over the water? Rory Donnelly. Who? who? Rory Donnelly. Stephen. Yeah, yes. Stephen, did Rory you hear Donnelly, the Rory yeah. Donnelly stuff? Um, sorry? Did you hear the Rory Donnelly stuff? I didn't, know. Rory Donnelly is uh, dressing as uh, a trans- Oh, I did. Yeah. Dressing as a trans- Now, I just, I, I think it's only fair to ask because, in fairness to Rory Donnelly, because we've discussed him in the show, and you're new around here, Stephen, we don't know anything about you, mate. Do you shove things up your arse? I do not, no. No, okay. Fair uh, enough. Do, do you keep anything in your foreskin? No. Do you have a foreskin? Scott yes. doesn't. All right, okay. Scott doesn't have a foreskin. Can, 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 can I say one thing, though? If it's your arse, make sure it's your arse and your stuff. That was something that came out of last week, wasn't that, it? That was definitely something that came out of last week. But uh, I actually wonder, though, if I'm taunting you, Scott, by, you know, talking to normal people with willies that are fully operational uh, about things... Yours hasn't been operational in five years. <laughs> yeah, it does come too old for that sort of shit. Well, yeah. Right? yeah. But, uh, but no, I, I, did, I didn't mean any disrespect to your sort of flapless whopper. I know. I'm glad you're concerned about other men's penises that was touching, in a way. But you just better not be touching. No, just don't come near me tomorrow night, OK? <laughs> That's all I have to say. It's slightly worrying. That's, um, it's just your round heads and cavaliers. Right. Indeed, uh, Historical theme that Scott, I like that. Scott, Fa- Scott favours the Jewish option. Exactly. Well, don't we all? No, that we don't. The, we're, we're, no, we're normal, of, normal men don't. Protestants are one of the tribes of Israel. You know that. Yeah, but tr- part of the tribe that's got skin at the, at the top of their cock. True. I think it depends what you do with the cock. I would imagine, though. Yeah. I would imagine. I think you need to cut it off if you're going to go into porn, because I can't remember seeing one in porn. No, um... I think, to be honest, they'd probably get... Well, I'm not going to see more to worry about, maybe less, because they're pumping every day. Mm. Uh, but they probably don't care. Mm. I think it's probably... If, if you're pumping somebody nice looking every day, you'd probably not be that concerned about... You know, as long as they liked it, I suppose. I, I think it might be, be a cleanliness thing, because, like, obviously, if you're, you're at that constantly, all you would need to do with the old gentleman if it has been dispossessed of its, of its hood is to splash with water and it's clean. Whereas you can have a build up underneath if you've got, you know, the you, you need to take the bonnet down to clean it, basically. Talking about porn and putting things up your arse, um, they must have to keep that awful tidy and clean. With their arse? The, gir- the girls, yeah, they must have to. Yeah, of course, they bleach them. Yeah, but they must have to cl- clean. Like... Oh, up inside. Up inside, yeah. Yeah, I, to... I, I actually know, but um, they drink... Sort of like the equivalent of barium enemas if they're going to do a big anal scene. Do they? Yeah. Oh my God. So like a couple of days before they'll fully cleanse their ah their colon. colon. Mm. Dear God, right? Okay, I didn't realise any of that. There's a wee tip for you, Stephen. Just with the wedding night coming up, 
Magic. A couple of days before. I'll pass that on. A couple of days before, Barry Amenema. Yep. Because obviously no wedding night is complete without a wee bit of bumming, obviously. <laughs> it's just... Take that from the pod. Take that from the old <laughs> masters who know. Um... Anyway, Ukraine, can I please talk about all, all this? All this money, and now he can't even let her listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, I definitely cannot. And good, luckily for me, she likes rugby, so there's no danger. Hold on, wait a minute. Wait, no, no, no. Oh, 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 no. Let, let's circle back here, bud. Right. <laughs> is, she, is she from the board? Your, your, your missus likes rugby? Yes. Right. Is she from the borders? Midlothian, so not far oh. away. <laughs> that was an excuse. I was, going to, I was giving you a wee in there. You should have said yes, she's from people. Yes, she's from the borders. Yeah, well, that was supposed to make sense in David, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, they eat their dead in there, mate. Yeah, they but, do. Uh, that, that's, that's, uh, that's uh, Big Butch, Miss, Mrs. Sharp. <laughs> that's, do, you, uh, do you know what girls who... I know I was going to say this, Steve, I don't want to alarm you, but you do know what happens with girls that hang about the rugby clubs and stuff. I mean, you, you know... You mean with the pool cues? Yeah, that, that's just part of it. I mean, you must know. Steve, sh- we better not tell him. Come on, David, calm down. <laughs> If he doesn't know now, maybe she's not told him about the rugby club. I don't know. Put it like this if she tells you that she's been at the rugby sevens, then. Yeah. Mm. Aye, panic. Panic. Panic, yeah. If she's scrummed down, then just. I, I would think twice of this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, and that's for the first 15. Let's just hope that's where it ends. Right. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> Ukraine. Okay. Please go to Ukraine. This is a race, race storm because. This is a, a nice nice story about how some ultras, you know how ours are struggling to, you know, get more numbers and they want to expand the Union Bears and sometimes they get a problem with having, like, too many flags? Mm-hmm. Well, here's how Dynamo Kiev's ultras decided to... They had a white frenzy swastika day. What? Okay? A white frenzy swastika day to protest against the blacks. I don't... <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> right? What? The Dynamo Kiev ultras had a... White Frenzy Swastika Day. What's a swastika about? It's a swastika. Swastika Day to protest against the blacks. Swastika. You're swastika. a twat. <laughs> I'm a spastika. Uh, a twat. Yeah. Um, so the statement came out backed uh, saying FC Dynamo has always advocated respect for public order and ethnic, ethical standards and condemn all discrimination. And helping to push the message and in part of the video afterwards was Sergei Rebrov, the manager. Yeah. Sergei Rebrov said this in 2008 in an interview with the Ukrainian newspaper on his time at Spurs. A lot of darkies live there. Jesus. So naturally, so crime rate's higher. Where they are, the crime is. Fucking hell. And that was Sergei Rebrov, who's now helping to fight racism in the Ukraine. That's unbelievable. Yeah. That is genuinely unbelievable. And, and you just know that they're going to get a fine of about 30 quid. Yeah, and then do it again next season. Bloody hell! I mean, I remember when Aberdeen played one of their teams. I think it was Metalist Kharkov. Yeah, a few years back, like, and one of the displays the fans <laughs> so they put all the time into this tifo, right? So what it was, they they all stood up and swapped flags. And it was basically a black guy, and he started running along the tifo, chased by white guys in Metalist Kharkov strips. And at the end, he sort of was caught and battered. And then they held up a big giant Metalist banner. And I thought. Imagine that was your TIFO. Yeah, imagine that was your... Oh, my God, that it's is absolutely disgusting. Crazy. And yet, they still play. They're allowed to play FIFA, do nothing about it. I don't I know. know it's a, I know it's a, a slightly different country, and I know that there's, you know, obviously ructions and stuff, but Jesus Christ, Russia, World Cup's going to be fun. Hmm. I don't think I'm going to go to that, David. No, I, I'm certainly not. No, no, certainly not. Um, do you remember our old friends, Radko Mamic? 
Yes, of course. Dynamo Creation, former president, former president, now in court facing charges of embezzling 16 million euros. Um, the judge was reading out his charges and asked him how he'd like to respond. He said, I'm not listening. I'm not listening to you. This is sick. I'm no thief. I'm the creator of modern Dynamo. I help create modern Croatia. I'm the creator of the fight against crime. People go hungry and Croatia throws money at this farce. I'm the innocent one. Not, it's not me. So there you go. Ah, oh, very eloquent. It was. I'm the creator of the fight against crime. Not entirely as radical because you embezzled 16 million euros. So... Uh, look, Scott, is it a crime to want to live in a better Ukraine? It isn't, no, no. Is it a crime to lead the modern Ukraine and create the modern dynamo? It's not, no. Is it a crime to embezzle 16 million euros? I think it probably is going to prove to be. You know. Oh, right, that, that's probably where his defence will fall yeah. down a bit then. We can't also let Stephen off the hook without a Romania story. No. He's, so, paid, he's paid his money and we're going to play his money. He's, he's paid his, his money and goddamn, we're going to play him the hits. He's getting. He's not only getting a Romania story, he's getting a Gigi Bacali story. Okay. Right, Stephen, I, I hope you, I hope you appreciate this. Oh, honoured, honoured. Yeah, a Gigi story is. I mean, that that's like you know that when a dog sniffs another dog's arse. Scott right. presenting you with a Gigi story is him saying, "I like the smell of your arse, mate." Yeah, I. In many ways, that isn't true, but let's just let you conjure with the but, thought for a but while. But in okay? many, but in many more disturbing ways, it is. Stephen could be the judge of that. Go ahead, go on. Um, Botashani owner Valerie Iftimi reacted to his players dropping points after he saved money by forcing him to travel to an away game on a train. Uh, they are stupid, weak, they're impotent. Vasvari played like he was 150 year old waiting for his pension to buy a place in the world's biggest cemetery. <laughs> they're tired because he's sleeping in a bunk on a sleeper train. Come on, what am I supposed to do? Hire stewardess for each player? Tickle their feet, bring them breakfast in bed. Man up. <laughs> Here we go. I fucking love Gigi. That, no, that was uh, Botashani owner Valerie Iftimi. All oh, right, okay, sorry. Oh, Gigi gets better. Gigi's coming. Gigi was asked, okay, about... Now, this is something he was asked, to be honest, about. His coach and protege, Laurentiu Regenkamp, okay, who's the manager of uh, whatever they, whoever they are now, <laughs> FC, <laughs> FCSB, um, his wife, okay, Anna Maria, is going to run for Romanian League presidency. Okay. So, so Romanian FA should be the president. What do you think, Gigi? This is what he thinks. I will block it. A woman in charge? <laughs> it violates the principles of God. I know who's behind this, promoting women for this sort of thing, violating God plans. It's the horned one. The devil dominates the West now. Trump only beat Clinton because the US is immune from the devil and his horns. Trump can only beat Clinton because of this. Orthodoxy is the last stand. My orthodox religion is the last stand. And I am the last man left speaking the word of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, not, not a favour of women's lib then, or Gigi. No, I was going to say that the thing that Gigi, I've often thought, as I've heard these stories over the year, that I thought that the, the thing that would be beneficial to, to Gigi would be a little bit of religious zealotry on top of everything else. Yeah, especially as he's decided that he's basically now a representative of Christ on earth rather than just a Christian. Um, oh well, we shall see. We shall, we shall see how this one ends up. Um, Stephen, seeing how uh, you're the guest this week, I will let you choose who should receive the award. 
I think it has to be Dynamo Kiev. I think so. I don't so. think there's any doubt there. No, I, I, I must admit, I, I, I would have been tempted to overrule you there, but uh, you've, you've just shown t- t- been a great guest, Scott. Um, yes, absolutely. So congratulations, Dynamo Kiev Tifo fans. You are the winner of this week's Sporting Integrity Award. And with that, we've almost come to the end, but a little bit different this week. Firstly, let me tell you where you can get in touch with us and tell us what you thought of the episode. Uh, praise only, really, if you criticise it. You know, we'll just basically write you off as an arsehole. So, um, but no, in all seriousness, you can get in touch with us. Go to Facebook and search for Heart and Hand Rangers Podcast. You'll find us there on the page. If you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm at uh, Ibrox Rocks. Scott is? Scott Heart Hand. And you can follow us and we'll chat away to you because you know, we're pretty nice people uh, I'd like to thank our executive producing, uh, producers in London Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Myers and to thank my guests first of all Stephen Sharp thank you very much you did very well my friend did you enjoy it? that was brilliant I, Good. well, worth, well uh, worth the two guests not coming to wedding anymore yes it was like bullseye you've had a lovely day <laughs> you know that kind of thing and uh, my other guest of course Mr Scott Vandenacker uh, it went very well tonight although being pushed out to the side I feel like those Two guests now. Those two non-guests at Stephen's wedding, really. Yeah, you you were one of them. Ah, uh, me, me, me and Cammy. Yeah, free free dinner to be able exactly. If you were going to invite somewhere, Cam, if you're going to invite Cammy somewhere, you had to give him a dinner. Jesus Christ! Uh, yeah. Wouldn't have been the money he spent on this. He would have been uh, lashing out. Um, okay then, folks. My name is David Edgar. I've been your host, and I'll talk to you again this time next week. But uh, listen on after the music, and you'll hear some clips of the live show. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll talk to you again this time next week. Cheers. Bye. We signed five midfielders, two of them from Accrington Stanley. Um, one, one's decent but made of glass, and one's utter shite and made of glass. Um, See, that, no, I've got, I've got to interject there. Matt Crooks is right. There are three things in life that I don't trust. One is left-handism. <laughs> you'll know that I wear my watch on the right. For fuck's sake, the service light. Fucking you, supporters, please. <laughs>
บูเอ็ดมาร์ตแคมเอ็เอสบีเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็มเอ็ม
million monkeys being wiped off by a big model. Gilbert Teal's of Romanian owners. And at the time, remember when he started, owners that fuck you, it was so funny, wasn't it? Right. So, but for some reason, some people seem to enjoy it. And I couldn't, I couldn't let the public go without giving Scott his opportunity. So, ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for this week's Welcome to the Committee of I'd like to thank David for his kind, kind words. I'd like a warm hand of mentions. There was obviously a lot more and uh, not all of it broadcastable, but we had a wonderful night and I just want to thank the the people at the Loudoun Tavern, particularly Greg, who made it so easy on us and we thoroughly enjoyed it. But most of all, I want to thank everybody who came out. We had a great night. I think from the feedback, most people who were there did. Uh, it was just a, a wonderful experience for everyone involved, certainly for all the podders. In terms of doing another, we're being sort of asked about it. I'm not sure that there's a demand. If there is, please let us know. Or if you want to set something up, please let us know and we'll look into it. At the moment, as I say, I don't want to kick the arse out of it. But if it's something that people are interested in, then we'd be happy to do it. But uh, I hope you enjoyed that wee brief brief snippet of it. And uh, like I say, I hope uh, everyone who went enjoyed it as much as we did. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.